And hello, you're all very welcome to Can Projects Astro. We got a super, 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 super exciting day lined up, and I'm your host Shane McKay, and we've got very super special guest <laughs> called the Scopes Born in <laughs> <Scopes>. studio <laughs> for real. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> Open the corner yeah. there, Carl, if you can point it out one more time. Yeah, just up here. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's yes. this region here. Yeah. So uh, the fact that it can get such a small area with that much detail in it, it's... I, like, it's I, incredible. I've been, I've been it waiting. inspires yeah. me. Every time I see yeah. this, I really, really yeah. feel inspired. I've been waiting for these images to come out for a long time. Like, Because yeah, it was 20 years they were... Yeah, well, no, I've only been into astrophotography for about four or five years now, but once I heard that there was a better telescope than Hubble going up, I got very excited. So here is the, uh, is this the, I think this is the mid-infrared image. I pull up the, um, yeah, pull up the web thing. I think it's the mid-infrared wavelength. So that's kind of, it's kind of almost like it's showing you a more true to life color. That's it. Yeah, there. so, so what's scroll down. About it? uh, it's a composite, so it's the near infrared and mid infrared composite. So okay, we're gonna explain that a bit more in a little while. Yeah, so. it's it's basically images from two of Webb's in instruments. That's very the same area, well, and they've just combined them. So it kind of gives you a different look, um, yeah. a different level of detail. It allows you to see kind of a bit clearer like what you're seeing in behind the nebula. So all these stars that are behind the cloud, like they were never visible before with any of our, uh, any of the objects or space telescopes. It's just like a Christmas tree. Like yeah, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> so like this one, smoky, this one's, starlit Christmas yeah, tree. Yeah, this one's a bit more smoky looking than the, the previous yeah. one, but it's the same yeah. region. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, exact same region. Just it, the colors are less intense. Do you want the, to point the, anything may, out there? Um, again it's similar to the things that you've seen like just there's that star that's being born there then you got a big cluster of stars that has here that characteristic like it's almost like an ellipse bouncing off or something like it's like you're, you're seeing a, a jet a energized jet that comes from the poles of these stars that are being born like they're they're spinning really fast and the uh, oh, stellar fusion it's is, like, is it's, beginning. It's, it's, it's coming to one, one yeah. side. Why? Why is that? Because you're you're not seeing. Uh, to be honest, actually, I'm not too sure. You're just yeah. seeing this energized jet of particles bursting out of the uh, cloud of gas. It's probably and dust. to do with the, where the cat or the it's the, 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 the angle the, that the angle. we're looking yeah, at it. Yeah. 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 Um, these yeah, it's a star like, look, cluster. Yeah, you can, going on in there. You can like, see where this cluster of stars is blowing its winds and its solar particles. So, we're, so it's just that's just pushing all this stellar gas and dust away with the force of like the solar radiation that's coming from them. And we're seeing like lots of different colors in this one. There's like blues, reds, yellows, yeah. turquoise. Like, yeah. what do, do they represent? Anything in particular? Then so. Uh, Blue star is usually the largest and the hottest kind of star. So you, you ever see when something's getting hot, like metal is getting hot, so you'll see it coming in in a deep red. Okay. And then as it gets hotter, it'll get to like a kind of bright orange, and then it'll get right. to a an then intense, like white hot, okay. and then blue hot, 
Right. But okay. Blue hot is really, really hot. Yeah. So that's it's just it's a higher amount of heat and energy coming from that star. And they're generally the biggest stars. Is they that burn to do the hottest age or anything? Uh, it's well, the gas more so or? a blue star, a bit the largest stars, they burn bright and fast and hot for less time yeah for less time right. so yeah. the the bigger the star is the faster it burns through its fuel and the sooner it's gonna just expend all its fuel and go into a big supernova the smaller cooler stars are generally red and orange so yeah this one now this, this is i can't remember the name this is stefan's quintet stefan's quintet yeah. right. so this is a composite image as well of the Mid infrared and near infrared. So all what these is composite then. It's uh, two images, like uh, basically combined. So it's a combination okay. of the data from two the two of the different instruments, the okay. near infrared okay. and mid infrared. So composite just means yeah, it's, more it's than one. yeah, it's composed of okay. two separate images. Okay. Um, what you're looking at is a. It's uh, five galaxies, Stefan's Quintet. The one at the bottom is not really anywhere near the big cluster here. The, the big cluster up above, they're all beginning to interact with each other. That's why they're yeah. all distorted and warped. And you can see all those bright orange filaments there. Uh, they're the There's quite a difference really, isn't there, oh, yeah. between each... Well, what, the shape are you talking about? Yeah, well, that's because that's they're interacting. So the galaxies, they're starting to pull each other apart, pull out like all the strands of stars and gas and dust. Uh, Just look they're, at that detail yeah, They're eventually going to merge. When, once yeah, you get yeah, in, it's like galaxies. a fractal yeah, almost. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And so, like the like just the way you can you get a sense of motion off these images. Yeah, you can see where what's being pulled in what direction by the gravity of each. And like uh, this thing, galaxy. look at this. Yeah. Like it's like just this massive bright kind of it's orb like in the middle flame, with all this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's like all those like dusty tendrils. That's where they're all like star forming regions that you're yeah, able to see yeah. because it's emitting the energy in infrared and heat. Wow. So that's where there's a lot of stars forming and the, the merging of these two galaxies, it's going to ignite a lot more stars. Um, basically, all the gas is going to... The two galaxies are just going to go whoosh and interact and change shape until they all just coalesce into a brand new super galaxy. The two black holes will eventually merge. So it's uh, worth probably mentioning as well, like, I mean, it, it's probably... I'm probably stating the obvious here, but... The amount of stuff we're learning from this is amazing. Oh yeah, and we're only at the start. Like this. Yeah. So I tell you what, let's get into some of the nitty gritty and mm. talk about the scope a bit. We've got some images and stuff we yeah. want, we're, we're going to show up. But we mentioned it's it was twenty years. How long did it take to the months to deploy or something? Like yeah. It? So it launched on Christmas Day, twenty twenty one, and. That oh, was great getting up Christmas morning. I was like, that's my Christmas present. So we're <laughs> sitting there watching the launch. Um. And then it took about six months uh, before it was finally ready. So as it was traveling from Earth past the moon to, uh, I, I can't remember what Lagrange point it is. There's five Lagrange points. They're like gravitational balance points Okay. Uh, that are around most uh, objects in space. Most solar system objects have these gravitational balance points where the pull from the Earth and the sun is equal. Um, so it took... 
about six months to go out there and while it was traveling it was it was unfolding its mirrors that were like that the sun shield came down and spread out there was so many components that had to work if one thing failed the whole mission could have been a disaster but everything went according to plan for them and yeah we're seeing the results finally <laughs> so and what what is it i mean i'm kind of interested in some of those details about uh there there it is there up on yeah. the screen so we've got how many mirrors? We've got six mirrors, but one individual mirror, what was it we said? Well, the, the overall mirror, uh, all the mirror segments combined, it's, um, what was it? Was it 16 meters? No. 20, 21 feet, about six meters. That's I the whole thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the whole thing. The whole thing. Um, the, yeah, it's the largest mirror. What's this thing here now? The, what? That's the sun shield. Right. Um, that's... Uh, it's about the size of a tennis court nearly so there's uh, I think there's five different layers and so when it w went up into space two arms just folded downwards you can see the mirror segment actually there folded yeah. up so yeah all these things had to go in a specific order all these mechanisms the sun shield had to be rolled out and stretched out by these masts and then pulled tight and then each layer separated so each layer is to protect uh, against the heat of right. the sun and any solar radiation. Um, yeah, yeah, so... You, you were telling me some really interesting stuff actually about... Um, it's That's a heat shield, is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's a heat shield and it's, it's blocking the light and any infrared heat that would be coming from uh, our sun because that would interfere with any of the instruments. If you're imaging in infrared, you can't have any heat or any infrared source nearby because it will interfere with the image and the instruments. Mm. So that's why they had to have this sun shield in place. Mm. So on the telescope side, the observing side, as they say there, like you've got temperatures down as low as three to four, maybe 500 degrees Celsius, like minus, <laughs> it's, that's cold. Yeah. But on the other side, you're probably looking at temperatures like, I don't know, 80 to 150 degrees Celsius. So that that's so like, what you so explain. One, one side can be like hundreds of degrees below zero, and the other side is like eighty to over a hundred degrees Celsius. So like just that's that's how well that sun shield works, just by blocking out all the heat and light coming from our sun and the earth as well, and the moon will be sending out a certain amount of light as well. So that's mm. that's what this uh, sun shield does. So it also acts as a solar sail. So basically, the solar winds will have a certain effect on the web so it'll slightly push it out of orbit so the it has a certain amount of fuel that will kind of keep it adjusted in orbit keep it like let's say if the solar winds are pushing it away it's going to use some fuel to push it back if mm. the gravity of earth and the moon and the sun start pulling it the other way again use some fuel so they hope it has enough fuel for about 20 years that's if it's not destroyed by micrometeorites. Yeah, <laughs> it's already had a few of those. Yeah, the little scratches and stuff. Yeah, the one the mirror seg segments got dinged, um, but they were able to readjust the mirror to to a point where it doesn't really affect the image at all. But they have yeah. accounted for a certain amount of these hits over its lifetime. So yeah. hopefully it's not hit by anything. You, you kind of explain that in, in, in your exhibition, the way you take what are the different frames and things oh, calibration frames calibration yeah, they, they'd use that to a certain degree the adjusting of the mirror the repositioning of it was the first thing they did and then 
any yeah any faults in the image can be corrected afterwards so yeah so let's see oh this is a nice one let me yeah. talk about this for a minute just to compare oh, the mirror to... sizes yeah so what's yeah. the first one there what's that spitzer. spitzer yeah that was uh, that was an infrared telescope uh, space telescope as well but its mirror was only well it, yeah so 0.85 meters so tiny mirror compared mm. to hubble mm. uh, compared to hubble and compared to webb mm. so the smaller the mirror the lower the resolution and you can see there now like with the size of webb's mirror that's what's yeah, giving you like the, the individual the, segments of yeah of. so that's because to build a mirror of that size it's it's very difficult very heavy as well so like the bigger the mirror the thicker it's going to have to be to stop it warping and bending okay and um, so that's why they made it in all these small segments right and so each segment then is adjustable has all these tiny little servos and wow. during the commissioning phase yeah they had to uh, they just pointed it at one star and so the image that they had up it was showing this star multiple times so what they did was they'd they'd move one mirror and they'd see one of these dots moving like that and so they're like right we'll move that into the center and then they move the next one and you see this dot come down and basically just aligned all the mirror segments so that this image of a star all came into one point so yeah they, they can move them in all directions in out and yeah serious engineering behind all of that that's insane yeah so but yeah so the larger mirror on the web it allows them to resolve a lot more detail it's that's why there's you can see so much detail in all those nebula images and yeah it's amazing <laughs> right so look we're gonna go on another quick wee break i can't believe we're already we're over 40 minutes in already so we will just go for a very quick uh quick old break here are you an artist or creator with a social conscience do you have an inspiring story or material to share that's helpful to people are you an expert on culture arts nature or wellness if this sounds like you or someone you know, we'd love to hear from you at Can Projects, where we advocate that active engagement in positive and creative outlets is beneficial to our health and environment. Our talk show Can Projects podcast reaches 20 plus online platforms and features insightful, inspiring and expert guests. You can check out the show on our free archives on Spreaker.com and YouTube. We'd love to hear from you, so please feel very welcome to email us at canprojects.info at gmail.com. Help each other. Help us all. And we're back. And we're going to get through. There's lots more to get through, but we're going to do yeah. our best. So this stuff, can you, what would be, where do you want to go, Carl, from here? Well, we can go with that one that you have. Do up you want to go with that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. And so can you get into then... So we've got the three references, Spitzer, yeah. Hubble, and then Web. Web. So that'll be a good way to kind of explain what's going on with yeah. these sensors. And then we'll move on to the images of that yeah. then, I suppose. So for layman people out there, what is this represent? So just scroll down so you can see the... No, yeah. So the electromagnetic spectrum, that's basically what it is. You can see this section here visible. So that's 
the wave or that's the range that human eyes can see. So you're only going to see light that's emitted in that visible spectrum. Uh, as you go longer wavelengths, you're going up to infrared, microwave and radio. Uh, higher wavelengths, ultraviolet, X-ray and gamma, they're the ones that do damage to you. <laughs> mm -hmm. So the Hubble uh, was imaging in the visible spectrum and a little bit of infrared, a little bit of ultraviolet. So then uh, you have the Spitzer that was imaging in far infrared. So that's only going to show you things that were emitting a lot of heat in the longer wavelengths. Uh, whereas James Webb, it kind of, it's it's got the near infrared and mid infrared uh, wavelength that we can't see, but that's, uh, it's basically looking at the heat emitted right, right. At, or again, the, the longer wavelengths of light. So, um, yeah, that's, that's it, the graph basically explains itself. Like visible is what you can see that the rainbow, that's the visible spectrum. If we were able to see an ultraviolet or infrared, a rainbow would look absolutely insane. <laughs> You'd be seeing all these other, I don't, don't know if you like could call them colors. Cause we can start to realize that birds actually can see some of that stuff. Probably. Yeah, um, and there's all markings on birds like that we can't see that look really? like zebras the, and stuff like that. They can see. They can see what we can Yeah, well, that, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Well, they're sensitive to uh, magnetic fields. Like that's yeah. how they, oh, yeah, how they, they, yeah, navigate, they navigate. Yeah, how they navigate. Yeah. But it just goes to show how little that the human eye can actually see. Yeah. That's why we need these telescopes to be able to kind of show us a representation in something that our eyes can perceive. Here's something, let's just go back to this quickly. We mentioned this earlier, but this is a good image um, yeah. with the, the, the unfolding sequence. Oh yeah, the commissioning, yeah. Yeah, so it launched, so up there in the top left, um, you can see it in its folded phase. And as it was traveling, it just, it basically opened up like a flower, <laughs> pretty yeah. much, yeah. yeah. Every component having to work in sequence. Um, yeah. And that was, what did we say, over a two or three month period? Uh, it was about six months. Or six months. Uh, yeah, right, yeah, five to six months five for, six for months. it to unfold and all the instruments to fully cool down and had to lose every bit of heat that it had from from when it was built on Earth to the whole point right. traveling. Yeah, it had to just dissipate all that heat, cool down all the instruments. Um, otherwise, we'd just get garbled images that would have been useless. So Yeah, you were telling me earlier off air that like, yeah, those sensors won't work, like, they have to be They have to be really, really cold yeah. because you're imaging in infrared. Right. Infra heat is infrared. So that's why everything had to be so cold. Yeah, so there you're seeing basically how the telescope operates. The light comes in, hits the main primary mirror, gets reflected onto the secondary mirror and then back into the instruments. So, yeah, it's, I don't have a finger there, no. Finger. Yeah, the the image is pretty self-explanatory. It's how most uh, reflector telescopes will work. Like your your telescopes that you'd have at home, if if you've got a reflector telescope, light travels. You know, I can't get the orientation right. Yeah, light yeah. travels in, hits yeah. that, bounces back, hits that, and then goes into the sensors and instruments in here that are all in this section, mm -hmm. just here. Yeah, integrated science instrument module. Yeah. Yeah, so that's got all the all the different imaging instruments. Someone else, there's yeah, the cold there's side, the hot side. Yeah, that's a good image. Yeah, it shows you just all the different 
um, different object or different components. Um, it also, yeah. yeah, it also has a star tracker. So basically, when I'm doing my astrophotography, I have my imaging telescope and then my guide scope. They will have the same thing. This uh, <coughs> star tracker uh, will it'll pick a certain star and if the star moves over a certain amount of pixels on this uh, imaging sensor, it will send a signal to the manoeuvring controls to just keep the telescope locked on that one area of sky. So yeah, this. So this thing you were telling me earlier, that they have ways that they can filter out. Yeah, the parts of the nearest um, near infrared instrument slitless spectrograph. I think that's what it is. So yeah, it's an array of these tiny little micro shutters. So they're looking at an area of sky. They can close off all these shutters except on the area they want to look at. So they can just pick one galaxy in a whole image and just look at that. And that's where they can get their spectroscopic information from. And that will tell them this galaxy consists of all this hydrogen, helium, oxygen, all these elements uh, by using spectroscopy, which again is when it will show the absorption lines on the electromagnetic spectrum. Um, again, it's, it's basically like reading a barcode. So a certain pattern of absorption lines will tell you there's these certain elements, gases, molecules, whatever you could call it, in this galaxy. Same with looking at a star or a, an exoplanet that's orbiting in front of its star. It's, they'll, they'll use the spectrograph to basically analyze the light and find out what elements it consists of. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's really, yeah. it's quite fast. There's, we, we got troop. Oh, there's, look, there's still a couple of images. We, let's just oh, pull yeah. these up quick. Yeah. Uh, this is, yeah, Stefan's quintet again. I think this is the, this, I think that's the Miri mid infrared. I think. <laughs> so is that the same as, as that's uh, the same as one. that one? Yeah. So oh, you're seeing right. a composite of the uh, Miri and the near cam near infrared and mid infrared and this one i think i think this one is just the i think this one's just the uh near infrared i think and again we highly recommend that you go and check out these images for yourself yeah. because the, the detail when you see it like with the downloaded png was it is that what yeah you png would be the the highest res in the smallest size so if, if you don't have any like photography programs like uh, Adobe Photoshop or any of the Astro uh, processing programs, download a PNG. If, you, if you've got a, uh, any programs that allow you to look at raw camera images like TIFF or uh, basically any raw file, <clears throat> I'd, I'd advise you to download the TIFF image because it, you're going to get a lot more detail by zooming in. But a PNG should be good. Source. Uh, things out there is there yeah uh, if if you wanted to be able to open it a raw file um a program like gimp that's that's free um gimp mm. you can download that it's it's i've i downloaded it once it seemed a bit too complicated i just stick right. with photoshop okay <laughs> okay yeah 
But, uh, but even I've seen just things even when you just when you play around with the contrast and brightness yeah, and stuff, yeah, you can like, kind of get to see different yeah. things like yeah if, if you downloaded GIMP and you figured out how to use it you can download the raw files from Web Telescope and you can play around you can you can change the colors if you want to do your own little creative style there's a few astrophotographers have downloaded all the raw data and done their own processing on it which you can do with even all the Hubble data Web data and um, it's all available to download and you can do your own work. Yeah. So yeah, what we're looking at here is Hubble's view of the Southern Ring Nebula. Um, spectacular to look at still. Yeah. Um, but not nearly as detailed as the, the James Webb one. You can no, see, you can you see can a see certain amount gets, of detail. It gets blurry. like. Yeah. <clears throat> but when you go to the Webb one, yeah, it's That's, just unbelievable. Like, like the, the amount of extra gas you can see around the edges here, even in the center, you can actually see so much more. Yeah. So we're looking at uh, side by side. These are the two different uh, web instruments. Um, but yeah, like all those ripples in, in the gas cloud that just were not visible. Yeah, you can actually in see objects. inside it. Like. Yeah, yeah, you can see through all the ionized gas in the center, all the details in it. And then this one on the right. Then. That's that's one of the other instruments. That's the mid infrared. Okay. And um, but if you go go over to the one image on the left here, and go to the left side here. So yeah, these galaxies here, like they they were never visible with the Hubble images. So, yeah, that bit here, this little needle looking thing. That's a edge on spiral galaxy. You're looking at a galaxy from side on. Right. And then even the spiral galaxy below that, like these, these are objects that were never seen before. Do you want to point that out now. there? Yeah, where do we... So yeah, that's there. If you come down a little bit as well, there's another one, yeah. There's another one there. So the, yeah, these would have all been, the light from these would have all been blocked by this gas cloud and nebula. Um, basically, okay. this is a planetary nebula. It's what happens when a star kind of around the size of our sun starts to die. It blows off all its outer elements uh, over time. So you get these different, yeah, like, it'll blow off its its outer layers over time. Like its core will collapse and it'll just go and different elements get blown out at different times. So that's what you're seeing. So basically the blue in the center, that's all like, superheated ionized gas and then outside you're gonna have a lot it'll be a lot of dust um stellar dust particles probably some hydrogen although it would have burned through a lot of its hydrogen but yeah that's you're seeing different elements um do we have any more that's it that's we basically just got through it. We're just yeah these, yeah, the these are the there. different instruments yeah oh yeah yeah well, tell you what, though, that might be another day's work because we got through yeah. so much there. Yeah. Uh, but again, you can go, it kind of gets really technical as well. Mm. That nearly deserves a bit yeah. more time just yeah, to kind of yeah. go through it and explain it. But I need to nerd out a bit more on this stuff now. And Oh, that was pretty comprehensive. <laughs> I that was cool. <laughs> so again, if you want to check out Colborne's work, you can find him on Instagram at spacedoutofit. And you'll also find his astrophotography exhibition 
uh, through the Can Projects website, and the link is in the description. And special announcement: there's going to be a Mark II exhibition. Mm. We're going to kind of we're going to make it a bit easier to navigate because we we basically just kept adding and adding yeah. to that, and we want to separate things out nice and get the presentation a bit better. There's also little issues with with some of the pictures. You can't really uh, zoom in. Which is mm. which we kind of want to be able to do that. Defeats the purpose of astrophotography. Yeah. You want to zoom yeah. in, see those details. Zoom so <laughs> just, just like wee little things like that that we're gonna we're gonna fix. But I do recommend that if you're on Instagram, follow Cahill's work. Um, he's kind of dipping in and out of it. There's your hand in. Yeah, that's what I mean. But it's all good now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great. Well, listen, Carl. Thanks again. Yeah, so no problem for coming in. Yeah, yeah. That was really excellent stuff. It's fun to be here. Yeah, and you're always, you're always welcome. It is. It's super warm. <laughs> yeah. We're going to crack the windows open here yeah. now in a minute, and we will have Carl back. Of course, I'm soon. It is always welcome here, and thanks so much for tuning in. And I recommend you go and check out our previous shows with Carl Bourne. They're really insightful, super inspiring, very nerdy. Yeah, pretty nerdy, but also <laughs> pretty beautiful stuff. Yeah. So I'm going to try and not mess up the outro line <laughs> as I do sometimes. And if I just switch this over, because, do you know, guys, there was so much, our folks, there was so much to juggle there. I, I'm not even sure. Yeah. <laughs> you had so many different windows. It's <laughs> on right now. Let's see, uh, we have to switch this over to here, <laughs> like that, and do a bit of a manual on the fly thing. And please do get in contact with us at camprojects.info at gmail.com. And there we go, we hit the hour, bang on the mark. So, Chadiego. Chadiego. We just Googled Karina image, and this yeah. was one that came up, and it was spectacular. So, oh, that wee globule up in the corner, let me. Open the corner yeah. there, Carl, if you can point it out one more time. Yeah, just up here. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's it. this region here. Yeah. So the fact that it can get such a small area with that much detail in it, it's I like it's I, incredible. I, it really I've been is. Waiting. It inspires yeah. me. Every time I see yeah. this, I really, really yeah. feel inspired. I've been waiting for these images to come out for a long time, like Space Week Bonanza 2022 at Cam Projects. Do go and check out Carl Bourne's work on his Instagram at Spaced Out of It, and you'll find some beautiful images that Carl has been putting together over the last couple of years. And do make sure to check out his online exhibition hosted by the Can Projects at canprojectsinfo.wixsite.com forward slash canprojects forward slash astro. That's canprojectsinfo.wixsite.com forward slash canprojects forward slash astro. And you'll get lots of beautiful images from Carl Bourne. There are video interviews, explanations of how the images are put together and explanations about equipment and a bunch of really inspiring content. Thanks so much, Carl Bourne, Instagram, spaced out of it. Projects email is canprojects.info at gmail.com and you'll find a link to the Can Projects website in the description. All the best.